0: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to a very special Liverpool Blood Red Podcast recorded in Porto Airport. What time is it? About oh, half past 11 on uh, Thursday morning. I'm joined by our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm a bit tired. Yourself? Uh, Felix sprightly like the man. Also, once again, we are joined by David Lynch of the Evening
0: Standard. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm not I'm not that tired, actually. I got a good night's sleep last night. Because
1: so. oh, you're a professional, unlike James, <laughs>
0: who is up until about two
1: o'clock on the wire. Anyway, <laughs> James, we're here because, obviously, for the Champions League game against Porto, Liverpool obviously won 4-1. They've set up a tie with Barcelona in the semi-finals. We'll come to that in a minute, but first we'll talk about the game itself. 4-1 flattered
2: Liverpool a bit, do you think? Uh yeah, possibly, I think you had to have a little bit of sympathy for Porto because I think over the two games, six one was probably a bit harsh, but um you know it's just a mark of just how ruthless this Liverpool team can be um and it was you know there was kind of two sides to that performance last night I think first twenty twenty five minutes Liverpool didn't start particularly well, I think they always knew that they were going to face an early onslaught um You've got to give Porto credit. I thought they did—they did really well. They, you know, they performed well at Anfield for long periods, and and last night, you know, they really got at Liverpool and had have them rattled briefly. But what you'd have to say is the the maturity and the experience of this clock team have gained in Europe came to the fore because, you know, despite them being backs against the wall for that opening quarter of the game, Porto never still really looked like scoring. You know, Liverpool put bodies on the line, they made important blocks, they hung in there, and then they knew that. And they would get chances on the on the counter, and that's exactly what happened. And once once that first goal went in, and you know Sadio Mane's goal was allowed to was awarded after VAR, um, you know the rest of the night was an absolute procession, and they just picked Porto off in that second half on the break. I mean, maturity, Lynch,
1: is something that Jurgen Klopp spoken about. Quite often in the last few weeks, he did it again last night when he was discussing the performance, as James said. And they just did seem to just ride out that storm in the knowledge that James Miller said something before the game. He said that they've acquired this experience whereby they know that if they have a difficult five or ten minutes, or as was the case last night, say twenty minutes, that they know they can get through it, and then they
0: can uh, you know, allow their other qualities to, to shine through. That's it. it's all the things that they've learned from, from last season Champions League uh, run. That, that you know there are going to be these moments where. You know, Porto, were good, uh, you know, they might not be a great side, but they're, they're a Champions League team. They're good enough to put you under pressure in the way that they did and get the ball into dangerous areas and make it a little bit more uncomfortable. But you, you just knew all the way through that. Every time they... I mean, they'd racked up 13 shots, was it, before Liverpool scored their yeah. goal? But the, the 13 shots, what was the closest they really came? You know, yeah. Alisson didn't really have any difficult saves to make. A couple had just trickled through some and things like that. And you could just see the calmness in Liverpool players. They didn't at no point did they really look flustered they knew that these things can happen that, that that these teams can put this little bit of pressure on you but as long as you keep doing your job and you keep them as far away from your goal as possible and just make it hard for them to get good shots off and, and create quality chances that, and that that's what they did really they, even in Porto's best period of the game, I think Liverpool just held them at arm's length and, and rode that through and eventually obviously got the goal that, that basically killed the tie and, and by that point Porto had blown themselves out a little bit and it, it just became easier and easier as the game went on. With somebody who did do his job last
1: night, uh, James, was you would have to say Jurgen Klopp because Liverpool started in their normal 4-3 formation, a bit of a curveball with Origi starting, didn't really work for the Belgian certainly in that, in, in that 45 minutes where he was on the pitch but then Okay, Liverpool were one 0 ahead at this point, and they could change tactics slightly. But they switched to four four one one. Firmino came on. He's you know he had a hand in one one goal, set up set up another one, and it was all a little bit straightforward in the end, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I think you know it just showcased how strong this squad is looking at the moment. Um, you know, you look at the options he was able to. To, to bring on last night and, and how they influenced the game, and you know, I, I felt for Origi a little bit because I, didn't, I didn't, he didn't really grasp the chance and repay the faith shown in him after what was it first? It wasn't entirely it, it totally down to him though. Was was it it was... I said. I felt for him a bit because yeah. I, you know he wasn't exactly. He, there was a lot of a lot of other players who didn't impress in that first half as well when they when they were under the cosh. He didn't have much service. You know, he was trying to live off scraps, really. But, um, yeah, the, the injection of quality when Roberto Firmino came on for the second half was was absolutely immense, wasn't it? I think, you know, it, defender's nightmare when, you know, you're getting the run around and then suddenly you see someone of his of his calibre coming on. And then, you know, more of the same, Jordan Henderson maintaining his, you know, outstanding recent form with the way that he impacted that game as well. Um, you know, had one assist, should have had another one as well with, with Mane... Uh, slicing that one wide after he went around Casillas, um, and then Joe Gomez—you know—that was another kind of massive positive on the night. You know, four months Liverpool wouldn't have been without Gomez, and sometimes people have got short memories, haven't they? When you think back to the first half of the season, Gomez was, was absolutely crucial to putting Liverpool in a position where they could compete for the, the title and, and advance in Europe. You know, there wasn't a better centre-back combination than, than him and Van Dijk. Certainly not in the Premier League. and you know, not not many better in, in Europe I'd suggest. So to see him come on and, and get minutes under his belt, um, you know, it's not very often you see a team take off both of their full backs. Um, but you know that's a mark about it you know just how important Robertson and Alexander Arnold was and Klopp found himself in that luxurious position where he could he could make changes and, and, and you know he was able to look ahead towards Cardiff on Sunday. With 20 25 minutes to
1: go. I hope you're all enjoying the background music, by the way. You know, we like to think that these pods take, you know, makes a authentic, yeah, exactly. yeah. It's, it a well, lot I might as well use the saxophone while I brought it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the fact that Blinchi, Liverpool have just won 4 1 away in a Champions League quarter final. Any other team that you see, ooh, that's, if, say Barcelona had won 4 1 at Porto or Manchester United, or anybody, have, okay, Manchester United, that would be a bit, bit, bit odd. Certainly this Manchester United team. <laughs> but. Everyone else will be looking at it and going, that's, a, that's an excellent result, that's quite a result, it's a big marker, but the fact that... OK, Jürgen Klopp did say it was a big statement that Liverpool had reached the semi-final, but he wasn't saying it was a big statement that they'd beaten Porto
0: 4-1. That, it's an incredible result, isn't it, really, if I'm being honest? Well, that's it to do. I, I, it just seems like that, that's the norm now, yeah. because obviously they got that, that 5-0 last season and, and that was so comfortable, but coming, coming here again to do and to get such a... Dominant victory again. It, it, it's worth talking about. I think you know you can talk about the the, the the gap between the Portuguese league and the Premier League, and obviously that is fairly large, and, and, and so you would expect Liverpool to be going through. But to do it in the way that they did, so convincingly, they just put on a, a second half. They just looked like they were going to score every time they went forward in that. And and no Porto would demoralised, but they were playing in front of the home fans, who were fantastic by the way, supported them all the way through. He just couldn't. There was nothing Porto could do to stop them, and I, I just think that we, we really should not get blasé about this stuff. I mean, that that yesterday was just an, another incredible European performance in Liverpool, and we, we really shouldn't take it for granted. And again, another goal for Mohamed Salah. Obviously, he.
1: Um everyone's seen the clips by now, but he was celebrating Sadio Mane's first <laughs> goal, because he could see the, uh, the VAR screen pitch side, and he had his hands up in the air as the, the referee's waiting to find out what's actually going on, so uh, a bit of clairvoyance there from the Egyptian, but he said he technically had an assist there even though it was probably a shot, We he took his second <laughs> goal expertly, and I mean, it 's is it 23 for the season now? I think yes. it is, is it 23 yeah, yeah. for the season, it could, be a, you know, it could be on 25, 26, 27 by the end, and He's just come back into form, hasn't he? You know, he did have a bit of a dip, but he's come back into form at exactly the right time for Liverpool, oh, with, he, with yeah. so much on the line. Once again, he's an important player who's stepping up to the plate.
2: Yeah, and I think... I know, I know Klopp played it down, didn't he, after he scored that, you know, that that stunning individual goal at Southampton the other week and said, oh, no, it you know, hasn't been playing on his mind. What was it, nine games um, without a goal? and But it definitely had it definitely had had an impact he was still making a contribution in games but you could see that he was that he was feeling a bit low and his confidence a bit dented a bit because he was missing chances he'd expect to take and I think he's, he's the kind of player who's very hard on himself and you can see the difference that goal's made to him and now he's, you know, he's kicked on unbelievably I thought you, know, you think he contribution against Chelsea on the weekend that absolutely majestic goal he scored in that game and then again you know, tormenting Porto on uh, on Wednesday night, I mean, it's he, just given Liverpool that extra impetus at a time when you know, a, lot, a lot of teams and a lot of squads are, are feeling the strain after such a long season. And um, but he seems to, you know, and him, him and this Liverpool team seems to be getting stronger and stronger. And um, you know, I think there was a great image one that I saw this morning of Van Dijk, both arms in the air, celebrating before Salah had even. Uh, Tucked the ball away last night because you know he just expected him to score and I think you know that's the difference in Salah now compared to the Salah we were seeing three weeks ago maybe it was a little bit uncertain now he's got that ruthless streak well and truly back the blood red podcast from
0: the liverpool echo the blood red podcast
2: from the liverpool echo
1: a little bit further texture for this podcast We were sat having breakfast just there And uh, the England manager, Gareth Southgate, was there But he, he wandered off before we had a chance to invite him On this podcast So so <laughs> maybe next time, Gareth Because um, I know he's a regular listener um, OK, we will talk about Barcelona then Lynchy Liverpool through, Barcelona They played them three times in the past In knockout c- competition uh, in Europe They progressed every single time They also played them in the group stage of the Champions League I think it was in 2002 Lost at home and Drew But again, both teams qualified that particular time, so Barcelona haven't eliminated Liverpool ever from anything. However, there are going to be two former Liverpool players coming back: uh, Felipe Coutinho and Luis Suarez for the second leg, which will take place at Anfield on Tuesday, May the seventh. The first legs in Barcelona on Wednesday, May the first. In case you haven't heard, and there's also this guy called Lionel Messi, who's quite good. So. Uh, are you excited, actually from a journalistic point of view, from a professional point of view, are you excited to be Being able to cover a game like that with all those kind of players?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, taking out all, all the, the, the beauty of the city, which is just going to be fantastic to visit, how incredible that stadium is, the fact is Barcelona is such an incredible name, just getting the chance to know that you're going to be able to watch, you know, injuries permitting, Lionel Messi play 90 minutes twice, or, or perhaps even more with extra time. What what a privilege that is! Um, so excited for that. Have you seen him before? Yeah, I've seen it. i um, when I was worked for Manchester Evening News um, when uh, Manchester City played them in the Champions League, and I saw him set up what should have been a career ended nutmeg on James Milner. On the, uh, on <laughs> he's the called, he's gone from strength to and, strength, yeah, isn't the, the, yeah. The manner in which he's bounced back from that nutmeg is is testament to the man. <laughs> um, but yeah, what what a phenomenal player and. Um, you know, he's really is at the peak of his powers now, isn't he? He's just it, it, just a phenomenal footballer. And I think I think Liverpool should be excited for this tie as well, because I think stylistically this looks like a good matchup for Liverpool in terms of the way that Jürgen Klopp plays. You know, Barcelona is still maybe less that possession obsessed than the the way when Guardiola was there, but still very much that, that style is intrinsic to how they play. So I think Liverpool shouldn't have any fear and if you watch those games against Manchester United as well, I, I, I thought you know, after Barca went one nil up, and he looked completely <laughs> paceless on the counter. Which, you know, if, if you're Liverpool and you've got the ability to push high up the pitch against them and, and keep Lionel Messi as far away from your goal as possible, he's not maybe looking for those darts in behind as much as he used to. So, if you know, if Barca don't have that pacey threat, then Liverpool really have a, a chance to have a, a good go at them. And, and, and you know, Camp do as well, where that with that massive pitch where they've got loads of space to break into it. I'm, you know, I'm quite confident for Liverpool. James, it could be a game then where
1: Liverpool's pressing game, which we haven't seen a lot of, certainly not as much as we have done in, in recent seasons, but this could, it's a game to get it return, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with Lynchy. I think stylistically, Liverpool match up pretty well with them. I think it'll be two cracking games. I think um, you know the both, both teams will be will be positive. I think you know, we've seen just how dangerous this Liverpool team are on their travels in Europe in the last two rounds, you know, to, and they've, they've already gone away to, you know, one of the, the big kind of European footballing cathedrals in the Allianz Arena and won there. And I, I don't, I don't see the prospect of a full house at the, the Camp Nou phasing any of these Liverpool players because it just feels so different to last season where it was almost like, it was this crazy journey last season where it was like, well, you know, this is surpassing all expectations. And, and, and now I think there's just a feeling that this is where Liverpool are at now. It's not like a, it's not a fluke it's not like you know, just some amazing run and savour it while it's here because Liverpool look like they, they well and truly belong amongst the best teams in Europe and um, you know, Barcelona would have been watching that last night and I think you know, they, they will not fancy the prospect of trying to handle that front three who, who you know, by the way all three of those are in absolutely banging form at the moment um, well that's the 12th game for Liverpool in which all three of them have scored yeah, in the same just game a, just a crazy crazy statistic isn't it and and then you know the, and the big difference between this Liverpool team compared to the one that went to Kiev is that solidity at the other end. You know the fact that you know it was crazy that Liverpool reached the Champions League final with a a bang average goalie in Loris Carriers. Now they've got a, wow. <laughs> a world class. They've now got a world class goalkeeper in Alisson Becker and a much more settled and secure looking system. I think that you know that makes them a lot more difficult to break down. They don't concede anything like the number of goals that they did. Um, which gives them a massive chance. I just think the whole competition has well and truly opened up for Liverpool this, this in the last few days. Because I think you know the start of the week, I think I think the bookies had obviously Barcelona, Man City, and Juventus would have been the the, the top three in the betting. And you think well, two of the three have gone. Um, you know, and the fact that now you've got Barcelona standing between you and a Champions League final against Ajax or Tottenham in Madrid on June the first. I mean that. Um, that's just a fantastic position to be in, and yeah, in terms of going to the Camp Nou, I, I can't wait. I, w- I did a tour there at the ground about fifteen years ago, and I remember doing a tour. Then they took you into the press area, and, and I thought, then oh, I imagine the, the buzz of covering a game. Have, here you, have in, you not a done a game there? No, no, I've never covered a game there. No, I've been. I've, I've so, I, I, I was in the away end at the Camp Nou when Liverpool drew 0-0 there in two thousand and one, en route to the UEFA Cup final. Um, that was a horrendous game. That was a, a, a <laughs> Aide, that was a eight killing football job. But you know he, he did it absolutely perfectly. You know it's nil nil. Um, you know the locals were absolutely irate at the lack of ambition Liverpool showed. But they got the job done and then knocked him out uh, at, at Anfield. And uh, I think Klopp will choose a different approach this time around. I don't think we'll see Roberto Firmino playing fullback like Robbie Fowler did on that on that <laughs> night. But um, but no, it's just doesn't get any better does it you know you, there's so many subplots to this tie with Suarez and Coutinho and you know Liverpool have got the best defender in world football in Virgil van Dijk and he's going to have the greatest attacking player of his generation if not ever in Lionel Messi flying at him and you know that's the ultimate test isn't it for van Dijk but I think he'll relish it.
1: Now into the uh, the 2-1 game in 2007 when it was Risa and Cout uh, scored obviously it was the, the Craig Bellamy golf club incident and, uh, was it Cow Talk? It, no, it was Bellamy, yeah, Bellamy it was wasn't it? it was K- yeah, that's it? right, yeah. yeah. Which, of course, everybody knows is the game we're at after I nearly died, which is another story completely. Did we'll, we'll, we'll you collapse back- on the plane? Yes, I did, yeah. We'll, we'll deal with that a bit nearer to the nearer to the second leg. We'll finish them with, there was another game going on last night, which, while we were sat watching the Porto game, early stages, nil-nil, <laughs> every two minutes somebody was going, it's 1-0, it's 1-1, it's 2-1. Yeah. And that was the game at uh, the Etihad, Manchester City, Ultimately lost to Tottenham top on aggregate. Well, they drew on aggregate but lost on away goals. Is that going to do anything to Manchester City in terms of... Well, obviously they can't now win the quadruple. But is that going to do anything in terms of their Premier League title challenge? Because they now have five league games left and an FA Cup final. An FA Cup finals after the season's finished. So they've got these five games. Liverpool have an extra two games around. The Newcastle game it is that's going to be moved to a Saturday night, we think. Is what happened to Manchester City a negative or a positive to Liverpool in the in for the Premier League title?
0: I think in terms of Premier League, you, you would have you would have hoped maybe you know the ideal would have maybe Man City getting knocked out of the semi-finals in terms of just because they'd have had those extra games, the intensity of them, you know, you'd, you'd be putting more on the legs even though they've got a fantastic squad. But now it's happened, you've just got to guys sort of look for the positives, which is the the psychological impact of the way they went out yesterday. I mean, scoring a winning goal in injury time and then it being disallowed after you've completed your celebrations is just horrendous, isn't it? And I mean, we've seen that psychological impact on City before when they went out of the Champions League last season. It didn't really do them any favours. They they, they had a bit of a wobble in so I think that like United game didn't, it came quite pretty hot on the heels yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, being two nil up for the chance to, to win the title against your biggest rivals, and then then ended up losing that game three two. So if there's you know if there's a chance of anything similar, that that you know, and particularly playing Tottenham again this weekend. You know, Tottenham will thing. Well, we, we can do it. It can be done. We can get a result, I and mean, they need a result themselves. They did lose
1: four three. Don't forget. So well, that, would yeah, be, but, that would be absolutely no use for Liverpool one to
0: zero. But that it's possible to compete, and that, that you know that they can do enough, and they can get the result they need or whatever. So you know they'll believe they can get a draw, and and that's the sort of result that Tottenham need as well to for their own top four hopes. So you know you just you just hope that that psychological impact of going out in the way they did will will have some effect on the title race. And Liverpool yeah. will only need one slip up,
2: don't they? So. Yeah. James, think,
0: James, what, what quick work works I've got to go for my flight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, well I think I think a lot will hinge on how how Guardiola responds himself in terms of because you can see that that was an absolute body blow for him because he he knows ultimately he's going to be judged on his Champions League record with Man City. You know, he's 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 fallen short again despite the ridiculous amount of money that they they've they've, they've, they've they've spent on that squad. Um, and now he has to try and lift everyone. Um I, I don't know. I, I, I think you just don't know which way it's going to go, do you? You know, it, it might just focus minds and, and they might come out absolutely all guns blazing. But the you know, city, when they have setbacks, something, you know, it's happened before, hasn't it? As so Lynch said, also, what was it, back in, was it around Christmas time when they, they lost to, uh, what was it, Palace and Leicester? That was in quick succession, wasn't it? It was, you know, they, they don't always. Respond positively To You know they don't, They're don't they not used to Getting setbacks Are they You know They're a well, team That well, uh, tend Gundogan to get said Things their own way
1: He said that the th- uh, When they Missed the penalty Against Tottenham In the first leg He said that we, we struggled with this Because after that They didn't play A particularly great game And arguably The, the lack of an away goal For them in that game Is what's cost them
2: Yeah I, I mean I, I, I still would have Rather City went through In terms of I, I think the extra games Would have benefited Liverpool In terms of that Making City's schedule More hectic but, you know, now they've gone out. You know, you, Liverpool just have to hope that it works the other way and, and that crushing disappointment lingers and, the, and the either either Tottenham on the weekend or United uh, next Wednesday can, can do Liverpool a favour. But, um, you know, it was great to a Klopp last night. You know, within minutes of what was another emphatic Champions League try and focus in minds on on Cardiff on Sunday because you know, he knows that despite all the plaudits they're getting at the moment, was it eight straight wins under immense pressure at the business end of the season, they still haven't achieved anything in terms of having something tangible to show for this season. So um, you know, he, he demanded that Liverpool treat Cardiff with the same respect and play with the same intensity they did against Porto. And, um, Know, this, this amazing adventure of a season rolls on to Cardiff on Sunday afternoon.
1: Thanks, James, for that very brief answer. I'm now off to Amsterdam and you're off to Madrid, aren't
2: you? Good luck getting another flight. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.